Good morning, everyone. My name is Michael. I serve here at Genesis as one of the pastors, and whether you're joining us on Facebook Live or on our website, whatever part of the country or world you are joining us from, we are super thankful that you are taking some time on a Sunday morning uh, to be with us. I hope in the moments we've already been together online that you have been encouraged. Uh, 43 days. That is the last time we actually gathered together as a church in this space here at 35 Olympia Ave. That was Sunday, March 8th. That was the last time that we've been together. So it's been a crazy 43 days because in those 43 days, a lot's happened. Social distancing is now actually a phrase. Uh, Mask wearing has become somewhat actually the new norm. If you go outside, you are wearing a mask. Uh, elbow and feet bumping have completely replaced fist bumping, and toilet paper is still kind of like Where's Waldo? Still pretty difficult to find toilet paper in the last 43 days. On a more serious note, uh, a lot has happened in terms of many people have gotten sick. Many people have lost loved ones. Many people have lost their jobs. Many people have lost finances and and, uh, and money, and many people have just honestly started to go a little bit stir-crazy over the past 43 days. Clearly, that's not an exhaustive list of all that has happened over the last 43 days, but needless to say, what's happened over the past 40 days has never happened, at least in our context. Uh, we haven't seen this before. And so a question that I wanted to put before you this morning is simply this. Is God's plan always the best plan? Is God's plan for us, for you, is God's plan always the best plan? Now, how would you answer that question for yourself this morning? It's a big question, isn't it? Believe it or not, it's actually a question that a lot of people are starting to ask themselves. Google reported last week a tremendous spike in people searching for prayer, people searching for God, people searching for things like church or church online. COVID-19 has caused a lot of people, now more than ever, to be thinking about God. COVID-19 has caused a lot of people to be curious, at least more than normal, and seeking answers to the questions that they're asking. Questions like, is there a God? If there is a God, what is He like? And why would God allow suffering? And where is God in the midst of the suffering that we are experiencing? And certainly the question that I've already posed for us to consider this morning is, does God actually have a plan for us? And is God's plan always the best plan? Now, I'm going to guess that there's a lot of people listening, watching this morning that would say, Michael, of course, God's plan is always the best plan. And so my question for you, if you're saying yes, that God's plan is always the best plan would be this. If you agree that God's plan is always the best plan, then why do we stress or worry or get anxious or begin to freak out when things begin to go south? I think some people would say, well, Michael, that's only natural. If things are starting to go bad, the natural response uh, is that we are you know, going to be a little bit more stressed or more anxious. After all, we're only human. That would be you know, a good, true, honest answer. But as I've been sitting with that question, is God's plan the best? And then looking at people's response, well, it led me to think about this question here. Mind the gap or closing the gap? Are you someone who is minding the gap 
or someone who is closing the gap. A few years ago, I had the privilege to take my favorite daughter on a special trip to London, and we absolutely loved London and all that London had to offer, but there was a certain phrase that just stuck with us once we left London, and the phrase was this, mind the gap. You see, in London's underground rail system, this is the phrase that you would hear on repeat every time that you're getting ready to exit the subway, because there is a gap between the train and the platform that you're getting onto. So you'd hear that phrase, mind the gap. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that I have been doing mind the gap for a better part of my life. Meaning, I know that there is a gap between what I say I believe and how that belief is actually impacting and shaping me and how I live. And so consequently, over the years, I've just learned how to step carefully I've learned how to mind that gap as not to hurt myself or hurt anyone else. But the thing that God has been teaching me specifically over these past 43 days in the COVID-19 season is this. God does not want me to mind the gap. He wants to close the gap. God does not want you and I to mind the gap. He wants to close the gap. He wants to close the gap between what we believe and how we actually live, and who we are becoming. Now, if you're a Christian, I am guessing you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that gap that you feel that have often led to a lot of frustration in your experience and how you actually walk with God. For example, you believe that God is a forgiving God, that He has been forgiving towards you, and you believe that God has called you to be a forgiving person. But when it comes time to forgive somebody in your life for how they hurt you, offended you, sinned against you, man, it is so difficult forgiving that person. Or you believe that God is a generous God, and He has been generous towards you, and you know that God, you believe God's called you to be a generous person. But when it comes time to be generous with your finances, or maybe your time, or resources, or talents that you have, it is so difficult to be generous. Or for the example that we've already given, you believe that God's plan is always the best plan. But when things go in a direction you're not sure about, there's stress and there's anxiety and there's fear and there's worry. All of that to say, I think you know what I'm talking about. You have felt that gap for a long, long time. And God doesn't want you and I to mind that gap anymore. God wants to actually close the distance, close the gap between what we believe and how that belief shapes who we are and how we live. Now, if you're watching or listening this morning and you wouldn't identify yourself as a Christian or a follower of Jesus, well, guess what? You feel that same gap as well. You felt that gap for probably your whole life, meaning you know where you are And you know where you would love to be, and there's a gap between those two places of where you are and where you would love to be. Meaning, you know that you have been carrying things like fear, but yet you long for peace. You have anxiety, but yet you are longing for rest. Or you have felt that despair and that discouragement, maybe even the depression, but what you long for more than anything else is just hope. You know what it's like to feel that angerness or that bitterness, 
You know where you are with that, but where you long to be is just to have a sense of just joy in your life. Or you know what it's like just to have confusion of heart and mind and things always racing, but what you long for more than anything else is just a sense of clarity. So between each of these two things of where you are and where you want to be is a tremendous gap. And what you have wrestled with probably for your lifetime and even wondered about is I don't want to mind the gap anymore and just learn how to step carefully. How can this gap actually close? Well, this morning, we are beginning launching a brand new series, a five-part series, just simply titled 5R. And over the next five weeks, we're going to focus on five words. Five words, and each of these words simply begins with R. And I believe each of these words are going to be used by God in our life to actually close the gap. And so if you're a Christian, I believe this series is going to be helpful, encouraging, and challenging to you to no longer mind the gap, but close the gap of what you believe and how that belief actually shapes who you are and how you live. And if you're not yet a follower of Christ, I think these five words in this series over the next five weeks is going to be challenging and encouraging to you to help you know where you are and where God actually is inviting you to be I think these five words will help close the gap for you as well. Now, the first R in this series that we're looking at is the word remind. The word remind. Now, as I look back over my journey with God, my relationship with God, there has been many times where God needed to remind me of these two specific things. Number one, who I am, and number two, who He is. Now, like you, I'm paying attention a lot to COVID-19 and the impact that it's having on our world, on our culture. We've already identified it's had a physical impact. It's had a relational impact. It's had an impact on people's mental health and spiritual health. It's had an impact on people's jobs and employment and on schools and certainly on the economy. Again, that's a pretty short list of how we've been impacted by COVID-19, but I truly believe that God is using COVID-19 to remind His creation, to remind you, to remind me, of who we are and who He is. Now, over the past 25 years, I've spent the better part of the last 25 years getting to know the story of God, getting to know Scripture, getting to know the Bible. And there's one life in particular that has always been fascinating to me, someone who really wrestled with the gap, and his name is Job. Job knew things about God. He believed things about God. But when suffering and hardship entered into his story, entered into his life, well, let's just say there was a gap between what he believed and then what he began to experience because he began to experience a lot of tension, a lot of stress, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, and even a lot of despair, and certainly a lot of questions. So here's the very first thing that we learn about Job in Job chapter 1 says this, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God, and he stayed away from evil. Now, if you just stopped at verse 1, and you didn't read any other part of the story, I think the assumption that you would make about Job is, this guy's probably living a pretty sweet life. I mean, after all, he's blameless, and people who are blameless like Job, they've got it pretty easy. Everything is taken care of for them. They probably have no problems. The common perception of his day, and honestly, I think it's a common perception of our day as well, is that suffering 
and hardship and storms is really only reserved for those people who are doing wrong, those people who are doing sin, those people who are doing evil things in their life. That's who really suffering in hardship, that's who it's reserved for. Well, as you continue past verse 1 in the story of Job, you're going to see rather quickly that his life gets flipped upside down, and Job has no idea why suffering has now entered into his story. If you read in chapter 1 at verse 15 through 17, you see that his entire livelihood is completely destroyed. As you read in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 1, you learn that he lost all 10 of his children in the same day. All 10 of his children died in the same day. As you read in chapter 2, verse 7, you see that Job's health, his physical well-being is now taken from him. And as you read in chapter 2, verse 9, you can see his marriage, you get an insight, not really in a great place. See, we learn about Job's suffering in the very first two chapters of Job. And then over the next 36 chapters of Job's story, it's a conversation between Job and his friends, and it's he and his friends going back and forth as to why he's actually experiencing suffering and storms. His friends are convinced that the reason Job is suffering is because he's a wicked sinner. But Job disagrees with their assessment. And in this back and forth conversation that takes place over 36 chapters, Job's friends not only ask him a ton of questions, but they continually argue with Job that, Job, man, you don't get it. The reason you're suffering is because of your sin. This is Job 22, verse 4 through 5. Is it because you're so pious that he accuses you and brings judgment against you? That was their question. And then here's their assessment. No, it's because of your wickedness. There's no limit to your sins. So Job's friends are absolutely convinced that his suffering and his hardship is a direct result of Job's wicked sin. That's, there is no end to it. Well, as you pay attention to Job and his conversation with his friends, he is absolutely convinced that they're wrong. This is what Job says to his friends in Job 27. As long as I live, while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil and my tongue will speak no lies. I will never concede that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. Well, one thing is really clear as you read Job's story is he knows that it's not his sin that has brought upon him all of this suffering. But here's the thing. There's still a tremendous gap between what Job believes about God and now his response to God in the midst of the suffering that he is in. Maybe another way to say that same thing is Job is struggling to connect the dots. He's having a very difficult time connecting the dots of where he is and all that he's experiencing. He's, he's wrestling and has questions of, God, why is this happening to me? God, where are you in the midst of all of this pain and suffering that I am enduring? And God, when will all of this end? God, when will all of this go away? And I wonder how many of us can relate with this right now. Our suffering, nowhere comparable to that of Job, but nonetheless, we're experiencing aspects of suffering right now in our life that is creating a gap between what we say we believe about God 
and how we are responding to the situation and what's now become our story. Remind. Remind. This is the first R that we need to remember that I believe God is going to use to help close the gap between what we believe and how that belief actually shapes and impacts who we are. So the obvious question is just, what was God seeking to remind Job of? And what is God seeking to remind you and I of? And I'm going to share with you two things. And certainly as you walk through the story of Job, there could be 50 things that we could learn from Job and his experiences. But I want to focus in on two things that have helped me personally close the gap between what I believe and how I'm actually living and who I'm becoming as a follower of Christ. The first thing is this that I would share with you. God knows where you are. Like right now, I don't mean just geographically He knows where you are. He knows where you are. He knows what's happening in your head and your heart. He knows exactly everything that could possibly be known about you. He knows exactly where you are. But I think it's often the case that we want to know where God is. We want to know what God is doing. We want God to ultimately explain Himself of where are you in the midst of all of this? What are you doing in the midst of all of this? But what I have learned over the years is that my knowledge of where God actually is is not all that important to closing the gap in my life. Rather, it's having supreme confidence that God knows where I am. That's what's actually beginning to close the gap in my life. It's not me having knowledge of where He's at, but it's having confidence and comfort of He knows exactly where I am right now. That's closing the gap. I like how Job talked about this in Job 23. If I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take, and when he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. Job had absolutely no idea where God was in the midst of his pain and his suffering, but that was okay because he knew one thing. God knew where he was, And for Job, that was enough. Now, if you're a student or you were recently a student, you would be all too familiar with test-taking. Never a fun experience because tests are designed to reveal, hey, did we actually learn what we had been taught? Do we know what has been instructed to us? Clearly, Job, he didn't know much about all that was happening and why it was happening, but he did know enough to know that he was in a test, that he was being tested through this suffering, through this storm, through the trial and the hardship. And the one thing that Job made clear is, hey, whenever I come out of this test, I want to come out the other side of this test. I want to come out refined. I want to come out the other side of this pure. I want to come out the other side of this as gold. In many ways, COVID-19 is testing you, certainly testing me. And so my question would just simply be this. When you come out of the COVID of COVID-19, what will you look like? And obviously I'm not asking like, will you need a haircut, a shave, and to take a shower? But I'm asking the question, what will you, who you are, who will that be once we come out of this test? Will you come out of COVID-19 bitter 
and stressed and annoyed and angry and frustrated and anxious and worried? Because if that's who you will be once we come out of this test, if that's what we look like at the end of this COVID-19 test, well, then you will just continue to figure out, well, how do I mind the gap? How do I just step carefully? How do I continue to mind that gap rather than actually allowing the God who knows where you are right now to close the gap for you? For Job, he had supreme confidence that God knew where he was and all that was happening to him. That was crucial to that gap being closed. But it's not until we get to the very end of Job's story that we learn what Job learned at the very end of his story in Job 42, which ultimately closed the gap for him. This is Job 42, starting at verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is it that questions my wisdom with such arrogance? It was I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have questions for you. Now, if you were to go back and just read Job 38, 39, 40, and 41, those four chapters, those are the four chapters where God responds to Job's friends, but also specifically to Job and the questions that Job was asking. And in those four chapters, you're going to see that God asked Job 77 rhetorical questions. And with every question that God was asking Job, he was seeking to remind Job, Job, I'm trying to remind you that you are not God, that you are not eternal, that you are not all present, that you are not all powerful. Job, I'm trying to remind you that you are not holy like God is holy. And with every question that God was asking Job, God was directing towards Job, God was seeking to close the gap for Job of what he knew about God to actually getting Job to the place where he could say, but now I see God. This is what I love about the end of Job's story in Job 42. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Isn't that an amazing story? That Job had to go through a lot of suffering and a lot of storms and a lot of hardships to get to the point where he was able to say, I had only heard about you before, but now my eyes have seen you. Like, wouldn't you love to have that be your story coming out of this season of COVID-19? I had only heard about God before. I knew things about God. But having gone through this, I can say I have seen God's power. I've seen God's provision. I've seen God's faithfulness. I've seen God's goodness. I've seen His care. I've seen God's compassion. Wouldn't you love to be able to say exactly like Job? Through this, I went from knowing something about God to actually being able to say, but now I have seen God. And what I have seen is closed the gap between where I once was and where God has invited me to go. See, this is the second thing that I want to finish with, the second thing that we need to learn of what God is reminding us of. It's this, God wants you to see Him. If the gap 
in our lives between what we know about God, even what we believe about God, is going to close and how what we know shapes who we are and how we live. If that gap is going to close, it's going to happen when you can begin to say with confidence and conviction, I can see God. Let me ask you just to consider this question. Are you wanting to see more answers to the questions you're currently asking? Or do you want to see God? Are you wanting to have God explain Himself to you of what's happening and why it's happening? Do you want explanations? Or do you actually want to be able to see God? Because there's a difference. If you just want answers, if you just want explanations, that's a very different uh, experience than actually being able to say, I've seen God. My, My concern is that many Christians are more concerned with, I just want answers and I just want explanations but I don't actually want to see God. And if that's true of you this morning, that you're more concerned about answers and explanations, you'll continue to feel the frustration of that gap. And you'll just continue to experience, how do I step carefully? How do I mind that gap? But to those who would say, I'm okay to die to the explanation, die to the answers, I just want to be able to see God well, that is when the gap will finally be able to be closed in our lives. I asked about 20 minutes ago, the question, is God's plan always the best plan? How would you answer that? 2,000 years ago, not one person would have scripted the story of the Son of God coming to earth where He would be betrayed where he would be denied, where he would be abandoned, where he would be mocked, where he would be beaten, where he would be flogged, and then ultimately nailed to a cross. No one would have scripted that story. Everyone liked the first part of the story, where the story was, gosh, he's an amazing teacher. Look at the miracles that he's doing. Look at the healings and the amount of people that are experiencing such goodness coming from Jesus. Not one person would have scripted for the story to turn out to be a story of suffering. But again, here's what I'm learning. God's plan is always the best plan because God's plan always closes the gap of where we are to where He is. And often what closes that gap is suffering allowed in our lives so that we can see God in the midst of it. If you're a Christian today and you would say, hey, I am a follower of Christ, maybe your prayer is just simple God, would you open my eyes because I don't want to miss seeing you. Maybe your prayer is as simple but as powerful. God, if this is a test that I'm going through in my life, it's a test of my character, it's a test of my personhood, it's a test of just who I am. God, would you refine me then in the midst of this test so that I will come out the other side of COVID-19 not stressed and anxious and frustrated and bitter, but God, I want to come out the other side of this test pure as gold. And if you're watching or listening this morning, you would say, hey, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a follower of Christ. I just want to tell you, because I love you, there is only one who could ever close the gap. And it's not you. It's not your works. It's not your efforts to close that gap. There's a gap between us and God. And it was our sin that put that gap between us and God. But God is inviting you to say, I don't want there to be a gap between where I am and where you are. And the only way to close that gap is looking to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So maybe your prayer this morning is just simply, God, in a way I never even thought, I feel that gap. And I don't want to try to figure out how to step over it on my own. 
I can't do that. Maybe your prayer this morning is as simple but as transformational as Jesus. I am trusting you to close that gap for me.